0: We're listening to a Sahaba online radio podcast.
1: After dinner, months, and Alhamdulillah, after dinner, months, a program that has been structured uh, for your listening pleasure. And uh, Alhamdulillah, many of you do enjoy it. I started off with Abu Bakr. See that uh, with his uh, Muslim news. Then we went uh, with Anwar Qasim, in with Anwar. And uh, Mola, uh, uh, yeah, Sadiq Karim in the family room. And the cherry on the top this evening, our own Ibrahim Fadachia, my Ibrahim Ba an astute businessman, he's also a humanitarian and alhamdulillah doing brilliant work at a uh, civic level and uh, you know a, a role model for many. Ibrahim ba, assalamualaikum assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and jazakallah khair for joining us on your segment Travel Express with Ibrahim badacha how are you doing Ibrahim ba? Walaikum
0: Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh brother Shafat, and all our listeners to Radio Marqas Sahaba out there, alhamdulillah by Allah's kudret, I am well. And in good shape and uh, looking forward to sharing the next uh, half hour or so with you and the listeners, of course.
1: No, absolutely. The you know, listeners are really look forward uh, to your company, Brian Bar. And, you know, just, uh, you know, before we got going with the show, there was a clip that you sent to me and it's written that please make this uh, go viral so that our municipality gets the message. The storm water gets blocked and uh, we get flooding because no one cares. Let's embarrass them so they do something about cadre, you know, employment or deployment. Uh, it's not helping, Ibramba. I I want you to do the description because you know you, you got the superlatives and uh, you got the hikma to uh, you know bring the words alive. Go ahead, Ibramba.
0: Yeah, well, basically that that uh, uh, clip just found its way to me before he came online this evening. And uh, what it shows, I'm not sure exactly where this looks like to be somewhere in the CBD, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, what it shows basically the video clip, it shows that there's a municipal worker that is sweeping the pavement and politely pushing all the filth and the rubbish that he's got uh, into the stormwater train with his broom, of course. Now, this is something that I always say, Cadre deployment aside, we all know why they do that, right, to protect those that are inept, incompetent and uh, crooked, I should say, to protect them from uh, seeing the uh, uh, justice being applied and, of course, uh, threatening all others that choose to blow a whistle. But uh, coming back to this character, it, it is uh, clearly a case of uh, no supervision and no consequence management where he sweeps uh, the gutter the and uh, politely deposits everything down the manhole there. Now, come the first rain, even if it's just a slight rain as opposed to a heavy deluge, it's obviously going to flood that corner of the of the street and uh, cause unnecessary uh, problem. problem, both for pedestrians and, of course, motorists as well. But uh, this, unfortunately, uh, Brother Shafat and listeners out there, is, is the piece that we are dealing with right now. And I say this in the sense that uh, they don't care anymore, irrespective of what happens, as long as they are getting paid at the end of the day, whether they work or they don't work immaterial, they still get paid. And lots of ghost employees, so to speak, as you're all all well aware of, many instances reported in the print and news uh, and social media as well. So uh, this is par for the course right now, Brother Shafak. It's not going to get any better. It's unfortunate that uh, the taxpayers' money goes to waste and causing more problems and uh, finding solutions is what they seem very good at these days. So this is just one aspect of it. And yeah, the thing is, if you can share that video to whoever you know, it'll help, uh, you know, create that awareness out there that this is something that is uh, deliberate uh, with a don't care a damn attitude. And this unfortunately is uh, the caliber of person that they employ uh, to do the work by the municipality.
1: No, Ibrahim ba I mean, uh, uh, Durator, uh, he, he went to hospital because they put cyanide in his uh, coffee mm, mm, and mm. they want to kill the man. And, uh, you know, I mean, I won't be surprised that this guy was instructed to do this deliberately by uh, some of his superiors. They said, do that because when the drain gets clogged and the, they have this problem, we've got another contract coming, uh, Ibrahim ba What's your thoughts?
0: At this stage of the game, and uh, given what has come to pass already, in this country and still has to be seen to come to pass. uh, Let's just say we can put nothing past them, Yeah, because uh, just that one poisoning of uh, the rate as such. Obviously, they are very high powered individuals uh, that have access and the means and the motive to do this. And if one reads a a crop of new books that have come out, some by uh, uh, notable authors such as Charles Poe, There's also the other guy, Paul Sullivan. There's Ferial Hafaji as well, all to do with state capture and the uh, repercussions thereof. And uh, one can see that the entire government structure be it SARS, be it uh, Hawks, uh, be it South African police, be it whichever state-owned enterprise you could name have all been gutted. And again, coming back to that favorite term that you used earlier, cadre deployment so much so that the cadres can protect the. miscreants within the government that go right up to the top come right down to the bottom and of course uh, uh, cook up uh, false testimony false cases make uh, uh, baseless allegations drag them before courts and things like that to prevent them from speaking the truth so if you look at that that is the state of affairs in south africa right now and the thing is if it filters right down to the lowest common denominator which we see this guy sweeping the dirt into the into the manhole then it's indicative of a country that's facing doom unless something changes or oh, we have uh, divine intervention. That's all I can say, uh, Brother Shafat. No,
1: absolutely, Ibrahim getting into our uh, segment here. And uh, yes, I, I was uh, uh, surprised to read this, Ibrahim uh saying that, you know, despite uh, various hitches, uh, 2022 was a good year for South African tourism. Uh, mm, optimism there, Ibrahim
0: uh, to a certain degree, I would think, and uh, bear in mind that, of course, they are comparing uh, over and above the past few years of COVID and looking to reach the uh, the earlier stats, I would think, uh, up to 2019, pre-COVID times. And I dare say they've been making good inroads, and the thing is, this is the uh, natural beauty and the appeal that uh, South Africa as a destination uh, enjoys. Not just locally, but overseas as well. And that notwithstanding the shenanigans that goes on with our government and all the the various departments that are running to some fashion or the other, not running at 100% efficacy or efficiency, but nevertheless running, you know, even if it's in limp home mode. But the people are coming and we are grateful for that. And I would think that the stats that were quoted were most probably taken uh, on or about September last year which is normally uh, the dedicated tourism month for South Africa and uh, yes it has shown a promise it has shown an increase and I dare say that the main area of focus where most of the people coming in and then maybe doing some uh, internal uh, travel as well to see the other major places uh, in, uh, or the regions in South Africa but Cape Town has year on year Proved to be the draw card in South Africa, you know, and and this is why the people are coming now, according to our tourism minister. Lindiwe Sisulu, uh, it shows that there has been a huge increase and between January and June last year, apparently there were some 2.2 million people who visited and by October that number had risen uh, almost double to 4.2 almost right and. Uh, I think uh, basically the domestic trips have also increased, and uh, I'm not sure how they are quantifying this, but uh, 15.2 million domestic trips, I think they would take both ways as a a trip. You know, if you're going one way and coming back another, that'll mean two trips. That's the way they most probably are measuring it. And uh, a lot of that was purpose-driven, either business or leisure, a mixture of both adventure and any other travel in between. And... uh, this has given a new sense of life and revival to the tourism sector and uh, I think everyone's holding uh, you know thumbs and whatnot else and hoping that this trend continues well into the new year and uh, having said that uh, unless there's going to be some national or ma- other man-made disaster somewhere here uh, I can easily see that happening because South Africa is in my opinion one of the best places on earth and I'm not just saying that because I'm born and bred South Africa no. I've been around, I've seen a lot of places, but uh, there's something special about South Africa, no doubt. And what we are talking about, this increase is is just a drop in the ocean compared to what we really can be. If you have the right kind of people, the right kind of uh, marketing programs and, and uh, sort of uh, incentives. And of course, not forgetting uh, the intercity networks, whether road, rail or air if that can be upgraded to a point where it is very user-friendly and easy for people to move, I'd say very easily in a year you could easily double or even treble that kind of number we're talking about.
1: Ali Bramba, you say, DIL DIL South Africa still hmm. in Jinubi, uh, africa i mean i feel the same like you yeah we're so blessed living in a country with has so much of beauty uh diversity and alhamdulillah the kudras of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, i mean we imbibed it i mean we are blue-blooded south africans allah but exactly. then uh, you know you 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 talk about uh, cape town and then uh, you remember mark thatcher maggie thatcher's son he too yeah, he yeah. loved cape town he bought properties there ibrahim bah.
0: Well, most of the, the, the Europeans, uh, I would think, uh, by large, the far majority, the, you know, are uh, made up of uh, German and, and British that have bought up all these properties. I mean, if you're looking at it to the euro, maybe 18 some odd, maybe 19 rent to the euro and 20 to the pound. Uh, I mean, it's, it's dirt cheap. You'll never get property like that on the seaboard anywhere else on earth you know, and that kind of quality as well. And of course, let's not forget the beautiful uh, climate that we enjoy. I mean, hardly ever get any snow here. We'll get some rain and things. But uh, that is why they flock here in their in their winters, which is our summer over here. They just love it. And if one goes to Cape Town, for instance, the amount of foreigners you'll see, you know, at the main uh, attractions and all far outnumbers those of the locals.
1: Absolutely, Brian Ba. And uh... Yeah, this is why Jan van Rubek came here, too. And he was doing yeah, all these uh, the tours. Fair
0: escape, the fair escape, I believe they called it. And was it true to form, exactly.
1: They knew exactly uh, mm. and identified the spots. Wally, Brian, you and I grew up in, uh, you know, they're talking about uh, ways uh, five ways to become an eco-tourist. But we were eco tourists from your lighties. Hey, it was in our backyards. So we didn't have to go anywhere. Perhaps uh, people living in... Uh, you know, in in, in concrete jungles, yeah, living yeah. Uh, you know far from uh, uh, you know far from all the nature and all that. Mm. For them, it becomes a uh, uh, maybe imperative to go and have a uh, you know eco uh, tour. Uh, your your thoughts on this, Ibrahimba.
0: Yeah, what you say is very true. I mean, and if you remember, then I mean, of course, uh, there wasn't that degree of urbanization and and migration and things like that that cluttered up the city that led to the uh, you know uh, encroachment of uh, the uh, concrete jungle so to speak uh, into ever more greener pastures and the properties were bigger then and i guess because we were smaller then, we saw it differently in our our eyes but uh definitely we had that uh sort of bent in us from that time and uh it is for those that live in in concrete jungles i would think uh, you know we are not so bad here even though the sprawl is quite considerable if one goes to places like hong kong and things like that, my god you can't step foot anywhere and, you know, you'll be stepped on by others at all the high rises there, there's just no space for anything. But uh, yeah, if for those who want to become uh, an ecotourist, basically ecotourism just to tell you what it's all about. It's tourism that sustains the environment and improves the welfare of local people and the understanding the need for con- conservation of natural resources and avoidance of environmental degradation. That in a nutshell is what ecotourism is all about and uh, there's a few ways that one can uh, get around that and uh, if you are looking to do some ecotourism in that sense in 2023 uh, to make a positive impact on the environment and surrounding communities, then the first thing you've got to look for is choose a good location where you will have a small environmental impact to make a big difference. Uh, For instance, uh, there's nature-rich areas such as the Waterberg area of South Africa which is an excellent choice and there are many experiences one can do to contribute and encourage nature conservation whilst also benefiting uh, the communities in the immediate area. Uh, Next up, you could participate in environmentally, environmentally friendly activities like uh, opting for water sports where you use a kayak or canoe instead of uh, motorized uh, boats and things like that. And uh, it's good to participate in these environments, uh, so much so that the conservation aspect is uh, foremost and sustainable in that sense. You can look at also hiking, cycling, and other low impact uh, activities that, uh, you know, you can go into nature and natural surrounding and and not too. Uh, much damage to it. And if you want to see animals, consider the wildlife safaris where you can see the animals in their natural habitat, so to speak. And uh, furthermore, if it's the ocean you're looking for, then there's snorkeling and stuff like that you could do paddling out there with a kayak. Of course, if the ocean is calm, that is. And uh, enjoy, uh, you know, swimming with the dolphins and things like that. also, it's important that we visit local communities and explore nearby craft markets. And, uh, you know, they'll be offering a range of unique items, which are all, of course, handmade uh, in uh, the tradition and culture of the people in the locality. And it is good to support them because obviously it gives them a means to earn some money and, uh, you know, it directly contributes to the regional economy. And hopefully, if it's large enough, a contribution and to the upliftment of the community itself. And another very important point is to watch your waste. Uh, you know, they always talk about carbon footprint. That I'll leave for another day. You know, I don't necessarily agree with all the nonsense that is put out there. But uh, having said that, uh, your waste it is important that you uh, take care and keep your 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 any waste that is generated to yourself and dispose of it in a proper receptacle as opposed to just tossing it out into the environment, especially be wary of the plastic bags, uh, bottled water, sort of plastic containers and things like that. And lastly, we must learn to respect the local cultures and traditions. And uh, wherever we go, we should at least do some read up or research on the custom beliefs and the norms or social mores that, that, that apply to any particular area. For example, you might want to visit an attraction that requires you to remove your shoes in case of mosque or something, or wear a scarf if you're going into a other uh, place of religious uh, worship. And uh, this is something that you should do ahead of your your travel so that you are knowledgeable about what you're looking for, what you want to do, how you plan to uh, make a positive impact on the uh, area, the environment, the destination that you visit. So that, in a nutshell, is what one should be uh, looking at if you want to become an eco-tourist as such.
1: Well, the irony of our carbon footprint is uh, such a hilarious story when you look at the <laughs> uh, bombs that they're dropping around the world and the, oh, the armaments industry, which is the yeah. biggest industry on Earth, yeah. killing, maiming and causing mayhem now in the nuclear war. Threat where yeah. if those missiles are struck, the entire mm-hmm. mankind goes into God. oblivion. So uh, where's your f- carbon f- footprint then? Talk to us about the the f- carbon hypocrisy, Ibrahim. Yeah,
0: it is. It is. Look, uh, the thing is, uh, the, since they started this nonsense, right? It all started at that. I'm not sure what COP number it was, but anyway, in 1992 in Rio, and this all came up from that uh, Paris uh, sort of accord that they they signed 192 odd countries and things like that and that's where all this nonsense started about global warming and then it became global cooling and then at a loss for words or, or saying anything else without being laughed out of the room sorry the uh the what's the name it, it uh sort of uh reduced itself now to uh what they call climate change that way they can hide behind that word because in my opinion and and everybody else Uh, climate has been changing since uh, time immemorial and there is nothing that they can do to stop that change because they don't determine what happens on earth Allah does and uh, the the universe per se is a living universe and more than anything else it's the sun that has most impact on our climate of course they uh, you know being the crazy scientists they are are not averse to uh, changing the climate Uh, man-made changes that is uh, you know they have the ability using all uh, advanced technologies to see the clouds and things like that so uh, basically it's just a scam it's just uh, what they want to do basically is to get uh, via the auspices of UN which is another corrupt body not even worth talking about they want everyone to pay a carbon a universal carbon tax because uh, they have looted and destroyed the world's economy and they are still creating wars everywhere else to make even more money. And uh, ultimately, that is the way they're wanting to look and control us. Uh, you know, it's all in a control grid that they are working towards the cashless society, etc., etc. And so it goes on, you know, facial recognition, uh, COVID vaccines and nonsense like that, that is killing more people and maiming them more than it's helping anybody. But uh, yeah, it's all humbug in my opinion. And there are many, many, uh very highly respected scientists across the globe that have debunked that nonsense for what it is and of course because uh, they control the media they can tell you everything and the unsuspecting individual will tend to believe everything he sees or hears on the tv so that is the nature of the problem but uh, as long as there are people who can still Use their God given right to think critically for themselves, and they'll always be dissenters. They'll call us all sorts of names conspiracy theorists, anti vaxxers, this, that, or the other climate deniers, and all that other nonsense. But uh, it's their desperation that is showing at the end of the day because they know they are trying to do something that is nefarious and the people are waking up to it.
1: Yeah, definitely waking up to it. But our country is a lot of money for transformation, disformation, and disinformation, and all the money that goes in. (laughs) Uh, You know, you don't see any value for it, but a transformation uh, fund to uh, assist a black tourism business. Ibrahim Ba. I mean, you've been in, out, and you have uh, dissected things, you've interrogated things. Your views on this?
0: Yeah, well, look, uh, the emphasis on the word black, let's make no mistake about it. That is where it's aimed at, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, no, no, let's call a spade a spade. I mean, it's in the, the, what's the name, Uh, heading. Okay, and basically the Department of Tourism is calling on oil, get this black owned, tourism enterprises to apply for the Tourism Transform- Transformation Fund, also aka the TTF, and together with the National Empowerment Fund, that's the NEF, they aim to provide financial boost to these enterprises through the so-called fund that they are setting up. And it aims to drive transformation in the tourism sector in more direct and impactful manner, that will not only assist black-owned tourism enterprises to expand and grow, but uh, also to nurture the growth of a new generation of black-owned tourism enterprises to propel the tourism sector to greater heights. Now, look, uh, I can't slate them for that, uh, Brother Shafat, but the thing is now, who who determines who is black enough? Right. And where do people like you and I fit into the whole equation? That remains mm. to be seen. I must admit that be, be that as it may. And, uh, yeah, good thing that they are trying to do. Let's hope the money just doesn't vanish down some black hole or the other. Uh, the industry in South Africa is still very much white dominated. So if they are going to do this right, then more strength to the arm. Let them get the right kind of people there and uh, hopefully uh, achieve the noble goals that they are purporting or claiming to want to achieve. And uh, this fund will provide a combination of grant funding, debt financing, equity contributions, et cetera, et cetera, to get uh, black entrepreneurs on the road. And uh, of course it is used to uh, reduce loan finance, equity contributions, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, will also provide post-investment support to enterprises through the NEF and the department. Uh, new and existing Black-owned enterprises are ele- eligible for this funding if they satisfy some of the following requirements. And I'll just run through them in the interest of time very quickly. Uh, first of all, the enterprise must uh, must be Black-owned, and uh, I think that is the key, and uh, provide services to tourism as its direct clients. And it must have proven commercial viability, sustainability, and the rest. And it must be, of course, a registered legal entity in SA, according to South African law, and it must be majority, 51% majority black owned and managed. And uh, shareholders must be operationally involved. That means they can't be a sleeping partner in the business. And of course, the usual stuff, the uh, Exempted uh, micro enterprise, qualifying small enterprise, and BBBEEEE sector codes will apply. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the department will grant contributions subject to the approving uh, approval of the applications and is limited to 50% of the total loan finance and capped at a maximum of 5 million per beneficiary. Uh, applications can be submitted to the uh, respective bodies. And uh, by email, and uh, subject to the approval, you will either get or be declined any funding or support. So that's where it's at, Brother Shafat. And yeah, it's a good initiative. I think uh, to give uh, the uh, black-owned businesses a chance to uh, get into the market and and uh, you know change uh, the complexion of the industry somewhat.
1: Well, I like your emphasis on the B E E E, Mm -hmm. but what about the P P P P E E E? exactly, Exactly. Yeah, I mean, enough said. I think those two. Uh, yeah, we can give you uh, those words. Uh, we can't. We can't. I don't know. We get an acronym. Uh, maybe the uh, next. Look,
0: and and the thing is, even themselves, the uh, within the ranks of the uh, ANC, they admit that uh, B, that whatever we talk, e, 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 it's not necessarily working. In fact, it has resulted in a brain drain, where the best brains have uh, flown the coop and gone to, uh, for, you know. Greener pastures, so to speak, where they are appreciated and their skills are needed as opposed to here, where we are you know willingly uh, asking them to go or maybe pushing them to go because of the fact that uh, if you are fair skinned there is just no option, no no opening for you these days in in the majority of situations because of their policies, so uh, that's where we are, Brother Shafat.
1: you know Ibrahim people of uh, real quality are being marginalized, sidelined with the people that don't have any inkling or any knowledge of what field they're in. They're only there for the bucks, Ibrahim
0: Yeah, exactly. They'll be there and paid to do nothing, basically. And uh, that is why our our country is uh, sinking deeper and deeper into the mess that it is finding itself right now where nothing seems to work. I think the only thing that works according to some... Uh, schedule is uh, switching on and off our electricity every time there's a uh, so-called load shedding mm. other than that you can't bank on anything sorry
1: yeah and the sadistic pleasure that guy gets in switching the <laughs> different rhythm. hey he's on time and uh, sometimes he's not on time but he's on time mostly that he, uh, <laughs> he this area uh, out out uh, out uh, and uh, you know laughing uh, over that uh, uh finally Brian, maybe uh, you know looking at the Turkish in- envoy to meet uh, with uh, Nalidi Pando to enhance the uh, political and economic relationships uh, in Africa. And he says that uh, Turkey seeks to broaden the, its influence in Africa with the first major step uh, being a five-nation tour that began in South Africa this Sunday. Turkish uh, Foreign Minister Mevlut uh, Kavusoglu will then go to Zimbabwe, Rwanda. And so on. I thought Turkey, uh, the Turks are very entrenched in uh, South Africa, they're all over, Ibrahim bah.
0: Yeah, they are. But the thing is, uh, you know, it's there's no harm done in so far as enhancing and improving uh, the uh, proximity of the relationship, the closeness thereof, because it can only auger well for the countries that are uh, concerned in it. Yes, they have uh, traffic rights, uh, airlines operate, they have embassies, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, I think the real action is where the uh, commercial side is concerned. And that is a separate uh, department in any embassy that is established uh, worldwide for just about any country you care to name. That is a very, very important function. And if you've got the right kind of people over there and if you can cooperate, ultimately, it is the the, the commercial activity, the business that is uh, conducted. Uh, between the two countries, that will uh, determine how strong and how close that relationship ultimately goes. And uh, I think uh, Turkey has uh, a lot to offer South Africa, and of course we have some things to offer them as well. So uh, all strength to that uh, growing further and uh, you know improving ties and relationships going forward.
1: Absolutely, Brian Ba, and uh, yes, uh, well, lots of our people are living in Turkey. They hmm. love Turkey, Ibrahim. uh, you know, uh, absolutely brilliant to be in your company. Uh, your parting words before I let you go.
0: Yeah, I just want to leave you with some reflection on a on a saying over here. It. it says, "Wherever you stand, be the soul of that place." And uh, being the soul of whatever place you stand means deciding that, as you say, enter a room, you will brighten that place, the atmosphere as well. It means spotting the lonely and keeping them company. It means finding opportunities to express gratitude, listening compassionately, speaking authentically, and having the courage to be vulnerable. It also means infecting others with your joy. And uh, when I smile and hug and compliment others, it's not because my life is perfect. Far from it, I have my own issues, sadnesses, and challenges and struggles in my own life. But I constantly get told oh, when someone looks at you, you swear that you don't have a care in the world. I do. But uh, it's a practice of focusing your attention on others when you are in their presence so that they can feel seen, heard and very much loved.
1: That's absolutely brilliant, Ibrahim You're describing yourself there brilliantly. And I can tell you, you definitely lighten up any place. So you can be sitting with the, uh, uh, you know, the top businessmen, with the big management, with the big directors and that and you can go sit in a squatter camp and still put a light and a smile on people's faces brahma you have a beautiful evening ahead we'll talk to you soon assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh
0: walaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh brother shafat to you and of course all our listeners out there to radio market thank you once again for the opportunity
1: most welcome ibrahim and uh, yes i must thank alu kolo for brilliant engineering people keep it uh, locked on to uh, Marka Sahaba for top programming. From the team and I, shall we meet you again, we bid you. Asalaamu Alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.